This week on Not Sam Wrestling, we've got a WrestleMania to review. It's behind us. We talk about it all. Pat McAfee is going to be joining the show. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh, what a night, what a night, what a night. Up late, making sure we get this in. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Happy Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you had a WrestleMania-filled weekend. Whether it was for $9.99 on the network or much more money on pay-per-view or on the Fight app or the Fox Sports app or wherever you decided to watch it. I hope you watched it. I mean, I guess if you didn't watch it, this would be a good place to hear people talk about it, but... You'll probably get a lot more out of today's show if you watched WrestleMania. Um, You know, going in, a lot of people's expectations of WrestleMania 36 was exceptionally low. No matter where you went, people talked about how bad it was going to be. The phrase was used by many, many people. This is going to be the worst WrestleMania of all time. There's no way it won't be. There were uh, respected... Dirt cheaters that seem like they were all saying this is going to be the worst WrestleMania of all time. There's no way around it. WWE should just cancel it. Just don't do WrestleMania. Forget about it. And while you could sit there and say, well, there's no way this will be the best WrestleMania of all time. That's, you know, I don't think that's that 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 would be an extremely hard get. We look at the chips that are stacked against us. We don't have an audience. We haven't had an audience in three weeks. We're losing superstars. There's only so much we can do here. But when you look at that, and when you look at what was accomplished, there is no way you can sit there on this Monday morning and take away an ounce from WWE and what they were able to accomplish this weekend. I mean an ounce of what they were able to accomplish with this show. As a matter of fact, first of all, It wasn't the worst WrestleMania of all time. There have been WrestleManias that are much worse than WrestleMania 36. I will tell you what they are, so you don't think it's just hyperbole from a shill. WrestleMania 11 was worse. The main event was LT versus Bam Bam Bigelow. The championship match was Diesel versus Shawn Michaels. Not a good WrestleMania. Some people would say WrestleMania 9 was worse. I have a a soft spot in my heart for WrestleMania 9 because it was like right when I was a kid. But, I mean, you know, if if, if I could look at it objectively, WrestleMania 9 is probably worse than this WrestleMania. WrestleMania 13, as a WrestleMania, was worse than this year's WrestleMania. Granted, you had one of the greatest matches of all time. Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, submission match. Double turn, match that created an era. However, one match does not make a WrestleMania, save for that match. WrestleMania 13, very bad WrestleMania. The main event is Sid versus Undertaker. Not good. WrestleMania 13, if we take out Bret versus Austin, is not a better show than the Saturday and Sunday combined into one entity that we saw this weekend. WrestleMania 2000 is not a very good WrestleMania. That was the one that Stone Cold was out for, technically WrestleMania 16, where you had a McMahon in every corner with the fatal four-way between uh, Rock, Big Show, I want to say Hunter, I think Hunter, maybe Hunter, and uh, Mick Foley. Not a good WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2000. And by the way, even more recently, WrestleMania 27, the WrestleMania before the first John Cena Rock match. I believe the headline was John Cena versus The Miz with The Rock as the special guest host. WrestleMania 27, maybe the worst WrestleMania of all time. Worse than WrestleMania 36, for sure. Um, I think uh, all told, WWE accomplished a lot with a little bit with this year's WrestleMania. Um, I did a lot of additional content over on the Patreon site this weekend. Um, We did a a post show after night one. 
Uh, we did uh, a pre-show before night two, all of it exclusively available for Patreon. Um, but, and we'll get into everything, I think, for the most part that happened at WrestleMania. I think you're, you're, you're leaving this year with some unforgettable moments. You're leaving with the Firefly Funhouse, which, as I'm talking to you, about an hour after WrestleMania went off the air, I still can't believe what we saw. It was so brilliant that I'm going to give it its own show. I'm not kidding. I'll probably do it, by the time you're hearing this, I'll probably do it this afternoon. I'll probably do it later today. You have the Boneyard match. Sheer brilliance. Unbelievable match. Um, You've got Edge versus Randy Orton. Now, the criticism with Edge versus Randy Orton that a lot of people had was that it went too long. For me, I don't think that it went too long. I was doing other stuff and watching it at the same time. So, you know, maybe, who knows? But I didn't feel like it went too long. I feel like it had to go that long to tell the story. The only thing I wish were different about the Edge versus Randy Orton match is I wish that Edge had thrown Randy Orton off that truck after he had won. I wish that the referee had counted to 10 and then Edge threw Randy Orton off the truck. Now, I will stick by what I said going into this WrestleMania. I will stick by that match was better at the Performance Center with no audience than it would have been in the stadium. In the stadium, that last man standing match would not have been as good, in my opinion. I don't think the match would have been as good in the stadium as it was in this empty building. Uh, however, I also was wrong when I said it was going to be the best match of WrestleMania because the best parts of WrestleMania, the best segments of WrestleMania were the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. Um, I would accept an argument if you told me the Firefly Funhouse match wasn't actually a match. I would accept that it's an argument. I would argue that it was a match. This is sports entertainment. But if you want to make that argument, we can have the conversation. I will not have the conversation that the Boneyard match was not a match. That was a match. It is what it is. It was cinematic as all hell, but that was sports entertainment in its most honest form. That's sports and entertainment. Um, I think that the other takeaway from WrestleMania is gotta be the uh, Kevin Owens jumping off the, off the sign. You know, I was watching Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens uh, and once it became a no DQ match, I said, this is great. That was the fourth moment that I liked, you know, um, the, and that I think will live on forever um, at, uh, on the highlight reel. I think with Drew winning the title, there were a few controversial moments. Um, you know, I, there were some people unhappy about the way that Braun Strowman just kind of trampled through Goldberg, but I think it was just what you had to do. You know, I'm not going to sit there and rewatch that match a hundred times, but I think it was just what you had to do. Um, I think that uh, Drew McIntyre winning the title was the right thing. I said on the preview show before uh, tonight's broadcast that I thought that Drew should have his moment, that we can't just keep delaying it, that if we're going to do WrestleMania, we should end on it. And I think that that, that was right. Uh, I like that it was somewhat competitive, but not overly competitive. Uh, I like that it took four Claymore kicks to took down to take down Brock Lesnar. Uh, I was in a haze after the Firefly Funhouse match, so I probably will rewatch it. But I think that it was the right move. I think it was the right moment to end on, and I was happy with that. I also think that Charlotte winning was the right move, and I think Be Becky winning was the right move. I think that, that, that Shayna has not been built up enough on Monday Night Raw to be the person to finally dethrone Becky. And I think that Charlotte winning brings more to NXT than Rhea winning. You know, I think that now we're guaranteed a rematch between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, hopefully at a takeover. And I think that we're guaranteed matches with the rest of the top women on the NXT roster with Charlotte. NXT's got the best women's division in wrestling right now. So the fact that you've got uh, Charlotte on that roster, theoretically, is great. I think that it could be great if she doesn't fully join the roster. I think she should show up on Raw every week with the NXT Women's Championship. And then when she absolutely has to defend it, 
that's when she shows up on NXT TV. I do not think that Charlotte should be on NXT TV every week. I don't think she should be defending the women's championship regularly. You know, I think that it should be a very, very special occasion when Charlotte defends the NXT Women's Championship in NXT. Um, you know, you you what else did you have? I had something in my head. You had a lot of moments, you know. Um, I had a couple questions that were thrown at me in the Discord room. Uh, one was about the Hall of Fame. You know, since the WWE had to cancel their weekend, Raw is going down tonight at the Performance Center. You're going to have takeover matches that started last week on NXT, which I did commentary for. And uh, you're going to have the rest of them, the ladder match and the Gargano Champa match, you're going to have this week on NXT. So takeover's taken care of. You did WrestleMania. Now what you're left with is the Hall of Fame. And I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if we can do, I mean, who knows at this point, but if we can do a big SummerSlam weekend, I wouldn't be shocked if you did a Hall of Fame ceremony for SummerSlam and then another one in March. I think Hall of Fame is something you can just push back. Worst case scenario, they'll just induct this class next year. But I think you could, I mean, I think even if you did a Hall of Fame Survivor Series weekend or Royal Rumble weekend, you could still do another one WrestleMania weekend, I think. But I do think that you go ahead and you wait for an arena to open up. You could do it old school. You could do it in like a hall and just not have it have it open for a very limited public audience and charge a whole bunch of money for tickets. You could do that. Um, the other, but but yeah, I, I would think they would just delay it and make it part of another big pay per view weekend. The other question that I got was, uh, now that we have kind of taken WrestleMania in. How do you think Roman versus Goldberg would have been in a stadium? And I think it's impossible to tell. I think that had WrestleMania been happening in a stadium, the build to Roman versus Goldberg would have been completely different. You know, I don't think the Roman versus Goldberg segments, the promos that they had with each other, you know, the contract signing, uh, they weren't standouts of the performance center tapings. They, they weren't, there were other standouts that existed. That wasn't one of them. So who knows if that would have been the same in an arena. Also, the last two SmackDowns, you didn't have Roman on them at all. So I think that I think that it would depend on the build that that match would theoretically have. Um, I'm interested in, once life gets back to normal, what Roman versus Braun is going to look like. You know, I think... Uh, I think Braun's the right guy in the meantime to have the title. But I am interested in seeing how Roman is going to climb that hill. Um, Sasha Bailey, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. Interesting that they're going for a long play. You know, I thought just because of the world that we're in right now, I kind of figured that there wouldn't be a lot of stories at WrestleMania this year that didn't end. You know, I thought that WrestleMania would be chapter enders. And the fact that you're starting to tease the Sasha Bailey turn. See, I like what happened because I was worried. When Sasha got pinned, I went, oh, no, they're going to split them up and make Sasha the good guy. That's the wrong move entirely. But I feel like the Sasha is now sort of uh, bringing Bailey back in with this false sense of hope. Uh, this false sense of security that eventually she will turn on Bailey um, and she will be the bad guy. I like that much better. I think Sasha's the better bad guy. So I think that that's, that's a good direction to go in. Um, and I'm happy. I'm just a little surprised. Um, and yeah, you know, I, 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 I thought, I thought that the WWE was probably more successful than anybody thought that they would be. Um, I will be thinking about the Boneyard match for a long time. I'm obsessed with the Firefly Funhouse segment. I will be re-watching that many times, and we will be doing a full breakdown show on just that match. You can bet your bottom dollar. Uh, you know, I thought Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte as a match was great. I thought it was the best women's match for sure on the show, and one of the best matches in general. Um, Yeah, you know, I, I thought... 
this is going to be a, a very memorable WrestleMania. This is going to be a time capsule of what we're living through right now. And this is going to be a WrestleMania that we can go back and watch without being like, oh my God, this is awful. You know, we might have to pick and choose matches, but we'll absolutely be able to go back and watch this thing and go, man, that was actually a pretty good WrestleMania. Um, to get into my, my deeper points of WrestleMania, I wanted to invite a, a guest onto the show. Um, you know, I think it was last week. Oh, I guess, no, last week we had Becky Lynch on. The week before that was Precious Peter Rosenberg. Um, and I wanted to get one of my friends, one of my colleagues, somebody whose opinion I trust, somebody who I knew would be watching WrestleMania closely, and talk to them about everything that went down over the last two days for WrestleMania 36. Oh, by the way, before I get into it, if you haven't seen it yet, you got to watch the WWE 24 Edge. It is incredible. The Edge documentary on WWE Network right now. I haven't seen the Undertaker thing that they put at the end uh, of WrestleMania yet because I came right down here and started recording. Um, but yeah, you got to watch the Edge documentary on WWE Network. So I invited Pat McAfee immediately after WrestleMania ended. I got on the horn. I got Pat McAfee digitally into the Not Sam studio. Social distancing, you know, it's a thing. Um, and wanted to get his take and share our points of view. So if you miss seeing Sam Roberts and Pat McAfee together on the kickoff shows this weekend, you can miss it no more. Because here he is this week on Not Sam Wrestling to help me break down WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, Pat McAfee. Before we get to McAfee, from an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. Look, in the time that we're living in right now, there's two things that you got to do. You got to eat and you got to support your local businesses that are trying to stay open. Postmates has been a lifesaver. I got the app on my phone. They got an option right there for contactless delivery. You, you just click the little option on checkout and they will drop off your items right at your door. And I say items because Postmates goes beyond what some of these other apps would do. Not only can you get food delivery, whatever you want uh, on Postmates, uh, you know, available whenever these restaurants are open, but Postmates also offers, uh, by me, a lot of the like CVSs and Walgreens and stuff like that, I can send a Postmates delivery person to go pick stuff up from there for me. So I never have to leave the house. Whatever I need, if I'm watching WrestleMania and I get a hankering for something, I can get it. If my wife knee goes, hey, we need more of this, we need more of that, it's at CVS, I don't have to leave the house. I can get right back to recording this podcast and just wait for my Postmates guy to drop it off at my door. And I can sit there and safely support my local businesses and provide for my family. It's perfect. It's incredible. I... Love it. They make my life easier. There's grocery delivery too. Uh, convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered, by the way, within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. I don't even know how you could pay for that much delivery. I challenge you to try to use it all. Free deliveries on Postmates up to $100 for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code SAMROBERTS. That's code SAMROBERTS for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. It's only 10.38. It's incredible. Coming off, you know, I mean, the fact that we could get all the WrestleMania in that we can get in. And we can still be done at 10.38 East Coast time. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Wild to me, man. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me at this time, because I wanted something special. I mean, it's WrestleMania. And I thought, if I'm not going to be used, I'm going to find the next most talented person that's also 
not going to be used for WrestleMania, and we'll use it for our own show. Ladies and gentlemen, here to help me make sense of everything we just saw over the last two days. You know him from the NXT TakeOver pre-shows. You know him from the Pat McAfee show 2.0. Thank you. You know him from uh, radio stations across this country of ours. You know him from the ridiculous schedule that he had in fall. He's a man who, after the schedule that he had with football in the fall, is actually welcoming quarantine like nobody that you've ever seen before. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pat McAfee, what's going on, man? Sam, I'll tell you what. Yeah. That was an incredible introduction. Uh, I don't call you the last professional broadcaster for no reason. It was amazing. I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, quarantine life is definitely kicking the sack, but it's nice to nap at the house every once in a while. <laughs> I was bummed when I didn't see you on Fox Sports 1 with Corey and Pete, honestly. I really thought you and Rosenberg and Corey Graves would have been a nice little trio, and I was bummed out that I didn't see your beautiful brand muffin face ass up there. Well, so that's what I was thinking. I mean, you know I'm I'm one for controversy, but it's still the thought crossed my head. Do you think it was a direct shot at both me and you, the uh, fact that I turn on and I see Peter Rosenberg's on the kickoff show, and then the pay-per-view starts, and there's Gronk. They got Peter Rosenberg and Gronk, but they don't have Sam Roberts and Pat McAfee. I feel like they're coming right for us, direct and clear. Yeah, definitely you. I mean, you definitely <laughs> took some some shrapnel here in this whole thing. Yeah. You're, you're within driving distance of Stanford. Like me, yeah. I can make like the excuse, like, you know what? I was nowhere near where they were, so that's obviously why they didn't have me. And when it comes to me and Gronk, I mean, that guy's not only a Super Bowl champ multiple times, now he's 24-7 champ. I ain't got shit on that guy, Sam. So I knew that there was no chance for me in this particular WrestleMania, especially after the short situation last year. But you, you should very much look at this as a potential shot across the bow yeah. of old Sam Roberts. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. It makes me feel bad for all the times that I went on the TakeOver pre-show and I had to bring up the fact that you went to the Super Bowl but didn't win. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I shouldn't have, in hindsight, I shouldn't have brought it up. I should, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Cause if you bring up that I go to the Super Bowl, all good. But then every time you pile it home yeah. that, you know, we lost that particular game. They were like, well, we can't have that loser in. Let's <laughs> right. get a guy that won. <laughs> Insert Gronk. Yeah. Gronk stuff. Jumping off a damn uh, platform. Winning 24 seven title away from his old best friend. I, you know what? What? Sam, let's just let's get right into it. I had no idea what to expect out of these folks. I had no clue what to expect. How are they going to separate WrestleMania, mm -hmm. the grandest stage of them all, from SmackDown, Raw, NXT with no fans? How are they going to do it? And you know what? what? I think the Undertaker AJ thing, I think was magical. I think the Firefly Funhouse thing was awesome. I loved the Randy Orton Edge tour around the performance center with some crazy stuff that I think they did step up their game and it was they were against all odds to really make an entertaining piece, especially in a world that revolves around fans' reaction. Yeah, and I mean especially when you and this is something we were talking about, like they hadn't done WWE as a brand. NXT had done a couple of empty building shows that were pretty wrestling heavy. But Raw, SmackDown, even when they were doing shows in the Performance Center, they were not doing wrestling-heavy shows. They were doing shows that were promo-heavy, you know, archive-heavy. Hey, they were cutting promos like this. <laughs> Real, close. Yeah, was... Real close. <laughs> Real close. Real <laughs> close. But, but I'm sitting there going like, wow, like that is, that's a ballsy move to sit there and go, well, we haven't done a wrestling-heavy show but we will at WrestleMania. Um, the biggest one. The biggest one. The biggest one of the year. And a show that a lot of wrestling fans are going like, oh, they shouldn't even do it. This is stupid. Here's the thing. And this is, what, this is why I love WWE. I heard everywhere. This is going to be... People didn't say, I don't know if this will be the best WrestleMania or not. People said, this is going to be the worst WrestleMania of oh, yeah. all time. They said there's no question. There's not even a conversation to have. And I just watched two nights of WrestleMania. And I can start listing WrestleManias that were worse than the last two nights that we just saw. We did not witness the worst WrestleMania by a long shot. And I think that you're right. I think that it's because uh, WWE did. So, you know, they looked at all the negatives and they said, 
how do we use these factors to create positives that we wouldn't have the opportunity to create? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, and I, I brought up Edge versus Randy Orton, and I said that I thought it would be better in an empty arena than it would be in a stadium. And I stand by that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can get the same personal feeling when you're going all, and you can't even do go well, all over a stadium, right? Well, especially in one that, that is pretty intimate, you know, like the Randy Orton uh, edge angle was the most intimate angle I've seen in a long time, right? I mean, it was like, hey, I love you more than you love you. You shouldn't be doing this. I like your kids. It was like a really intimate angle. So those yeah. promos, like a couple weeks back, I think it was like three, four weeks back, before old COVID-19 came in off top rope on everybody. <laughs> right. That five-minute storytelling promo that Randy Orton did yes. on this, to end the Raw or whatever, it was Randy Orton's best work in a long time. Yep. Then you carry into the quarantine times, those Edge promos, oh. I mean, it was just awesome. It was, oh. you know, I watched that, Um, I watched, not, was it the 24? Yeah, the 24 on Edge, where he talked about how he did 99 episodes of TV and some movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many people could have pulled off what they were able to pull off whenever it came to promo was. And that's why I think the level of talent that has been showcased these last couple of weeks has been next level. But to your point, the Randy... Edge one. I'm not 100% sure fans make a difference. In a lot of those matches, by the way, that end up going all over the fucking place, fans can kind of get lost in that entire thing anyways, right? Because the people in the arena are watching the Jumbotron anyway, so it kind of loses the, the feeling. Anyways, for me, the one time during these last two nights that I wish there was a real crowd there, now granted, Drew McIntyre finally winning the championship after 18 years and his whole story, that's awesome. Same with Braun beating up Goldberg. People would have loved that, right? People would have loved that. When Morrison falls off of that ladder <laughs> with both, both of the titles. Yes. Right, right onto that ladder and then falls off and picks it up. Like, I think that would have been a moment. I think there was a couple moments in that match where the crowd would have been a, a part of the show. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. So there were, there were three for me takeaways that stuck out like, I wish I had an audience in, in this moment. Um, two of them you just mentioned. One, of course, closing the night. I still say, you know, I was watching with some folks, and they said that they thought that they should have switched the Drew McIntyre-Brock match and the Firefly Funhouse match just because I think everybody was in that sort of like, what the fuck did I just see? Whether they liked it or not, and I'm, we'll get into it, but I, I, I think that people were hung over from that match. And and couldn't even process by the time he hit those four kicks and well, won the the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre. Also, coming off a day where the Undertaker AJ thing sent up, yes. right? Yes. So it's like it's kind of like the similar thing where it's like, how do we top a thing that was produced like that? Yes. With in ring action, that's a good call. Actually, the hangover is one hundred percent real, and it's real. But at the same time, when you look at it as a historical document, as somebody like me tends to do, you want. To be fair to Drew McIntyre, right? You need to have that as the moment. Whether If you're going to do WrestleMania, the moment that ends the show has to be Drew McIntyre holding up the title. You have to present this as the most important thing that's happened at WrestleMania. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, the last person that beat Brock Lesnar for the world title was Seth Rollins, and it was a year ago, and it was at WrestleMania, and it was in the opening match, and nobody cared, and it was not a good title reign to the point that Seth Rollins had to completely redefine his personality to get over that hump. It was terrible. Do you remember they moved that to the opening match, too, last minute? Last that minute. was bonkers. <laughs> whatever that. It was absolutely by There's people running. Yeah. Brock's leading off here. It's hard to fall. There's a reason why there's a set order of stuff. Right. You know? You're over here throwing a tantrum because Michael Cole yelled at you about your pants. Everybody else is dealing with the fact that they're literally moving around the major matches of the card right now. Excuse but me. you're sitting here going, well, still, was, I think I'm more important than all that. Excuse me. It was not a tantrum. It was just a simple, <laughs> hey, if you're going to talk to me like that, I'm going to walk the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's, it's not a tantrum. I just threatened to quit the company. <laughs> just don't ever talk to me like that. Hey, I, just want, I want you to know that that is not how it goes. But hey, we got past it. We got past we moved it. Forward, right? But here, the the WrestleMania, the thing, you know, I know that this has probably been echoed by everybody in the wrestling community, 
But the thing about WrestleMania that's so awesome is just the the energy and the electricity in the entire city, right? Whenever you go there. Yes. It is just, I mean, you got so many indies wrestling there, right? They're having their biggest weekends of all time. You got every city and just the fans. I mean, it's just, and now, by the way, the Raw after WrestleMania, I'm bummed about now too, right? Because that is where the crowd literally steals the show. Right. Basically say whatever. So there definitely are some drawbacks, but I think obviously in the time that we're in, for a place that gets criticized for having bad creative, I think they had some of their most creative times in the most crucial times, which is WrestleMania when you have no crowd access and you can't have everybody in the building at the same time. I think it was impressive as hell, to be honest with you. Yeah, and for me, my three moments were the reason that I wish there was an audience there was because the moments were so good. Because they were the, the it was it was it, they were good. It was it was the right way to do it, and it would have made better. So, my moment number one is Drew McIntyre obviously winning the title. I think if you had that celebration, some fireworks too. You forget open air stadiums, fireworks everywhere. There's helicopters going. There's everything. You can't do that at the performance center. Oh, and that picture too. The picture of Drew McIntyre with the thing. You know what's? But the one genius thing that I noticed WWE did because I saw the pictures from night one is they brought the giant WrestleMania sign. So, like, I saw pictures of Becky Lynch holding up the title after beating Shayna Baszler, and the WrestleMania sign is behind her, and it looks enormous because it's on the floor. And I was like, actually, that looks cool. They zoomed in on Braun, too. They had just his face with just the WrestleMania in the back. And I'm like, oh, smart move for later in editing. Yes. Whenever you start cutting this thing up with some crowd noise in the background. (laughs) It's like, that's the things that they do, though. Yes. That is just like next level that I don't think they ever get enough credit for. It's like having to think about not just this night, but also whenever they retell this story later, how do they get the shots that make it look the absolute best, even though they're in worst case scenario? Absolutely. Moment number two, I'm with you with the ladder match. I felt like ladder match top to bottom needed the audience because I found myself watching first of all it's weird you know because it turns into a singles instead of a tag out of nowhere yeah, but it is I mean it is what it is yeah um, and peas the Miz by the way whatever the hell happened what'd you say something happened to Miz right you know what they said yeah I think he got sick or something I mean I don't think he's got the Roni I don't think he's officially got that you know, God forbid. He's got kids and a reality show. Have a little respect. <laughs> He's a turtleneck tough guy, but COVID-19 does not care about turtleneck tough. No, it doesn't. That's the that's what we're finding out, unfortunately, every day. Roni does not care. No, it doesn't. But um, so you you had that. But to me, when I was watching the ladder match, way more so than the Edge Randy Orton match, because you're right, the Edge Randy Orton match, the fact that they went everywhere, it felt like this personal rivalry, like it all felt like it made sense. When you watch a ladder match with no audience, I feel like there's a part of you that goes, hey, man, why are you guys doing this? Why? why, why don't do that. This is terrible. Why? I mean, this is brutal. Yeah. You're like, that looks like it hurts so much. Why? And then you hit the ladder and you just see the guy go, oh, ow. And you're like, I don't even, there's no energy to fuel me through, you know, the terrible things that you're doing to yourself right now. You know what I mean? I thought a couple of times I was like, Man, I can't believe they're doing this with nobody out there. Like <laughs> yeah. that, you know, like the Morris, the obviously the Morrison fall, and then there was a couple other, not a couple other. Those all those those ladder matches involved. You run into a uh, just a ladder by accident with your elbow. It's gonna hurt. Right? I mean, let <laughs> yeah. alone falling on it. There were some things in that match where I was like, man, I feel like. I don't want to say they're wasting it, but I'm like, this is insane. And then you remind yourself, right? To them, all year has still built up to this, right? Yeah. And I would assume that the message that's radiating backstage whenever they're coming in waves because everybody can't be there at the same time is like, hey, this is this is going to be our hardest challenge yet. Let's put on a show. And the dudes that got in that ladder match were just oh. like, you got it, boss. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, let's go for it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I very much love it. I did not envy them, but I loved it. What was your third? Uh, my third moment, and this is one that I hope doesn't get lost on people, but I feel like if this show was done in a stadium full of fans, do you know who would have had one of the biggest WrestleMania moments of the entire two nights? Your guy, Otis. Otis, oh. wh- when he and Mandy oh. were together, do you understand the reaction the mu- that oh. that stadium would have given to all beloved Otis? He got the girl. Mandy was looking as hot as ever in that outfit of hers. And Otis gets to stand with her. And that's every neckbeard in the audience going, yup, he did it for us. 
Uh, you should have seen the group text my office has. Yeah, you right? got some we're neck beards working with you. Yeah, we're all in there, right? <laughs> Just a bunch of idiots. We have a kid named Zito. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Zito's the one that crashed the RV into the awning last year. Zito <laughs> is Otis's number one fan. That's not when a shock. That, when tonight happened, the the group text just started from top to bottom of Zito in celebration. It was as if he won yes. against Dolph. It was as if he beat up Sonia, who didn't want Otis to ultimately have the girl of his dreams. It was a massive moment. And now that you're saying it, I didn't think about that just because I was so happy for the guy. Right. Beating up the bully in the truth shall be heard, which is drawing people, you know, to go crazy on the Internet. But the um, the thought of the music that would be playing in the background oh. in Otis turning while he's holding her. And go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Otis thing. I mean, that would have been a majestic mania moment. Yeah. And it still was. Right? It still I mean, was still shut down the internet. I mean, he was trending higher than Sam Roberts on commentary somehow, which is it tough, still tough, real tough, tough. You, <laughs> hey, internet is a buzz when Sam Roberts gets on a microphone. Yeah, but that was you're 100 right. I didn't. I I should have thought about that just because of the reaction in the group chat. That place would have been insane down there in Tampa. Oh my god. Yeah. Tampa just got Tom Brady too. Ah. The thought that Otis got the girl, it would just be, you're 100% right. Yeah. So I thought that was special. But still, I was thinking, like, as we were leading into the weekend, I was thinking, okay, uh, you know, kind of like the point that you brought up, which is WrestleMania doesn't exist just as this night or just as this two nights. When it's too big for one night, it exists as two nights. But it doesn't just as just too big for one night. It's too big. But it doesn't just exist singularly, right? It exists as this moment in time and you know you go on the wwe network all week it was the best 10 wrestlemania matches the best 10 matches of the last 15 years stone cold's best wrestlemania matches triple h best wrestlemania matches and these matches that were in the most atypical wrestlemania of all time are still gonna be put on those highlight reels are still in contention for things like that and you know i walked in going okay if there's one match that's going to get to that level it's edge orton and i can't believe that as we walk out i at best put edge orton in third place at best i mean take her aj take her aj is gonna just i mean that's gonna be shown that is going to be shown for years and years and years to come it's one of the best things like ever like i'm sitting there going like everybody makes fun of wwe films and then I'm sitting there going, whoever made Undertaker versus whoever made the Boneyard match and whoever made the Firefly Funhouse, if these people are not getting award nominations for Emmys push and them. Oscars, I mean, by the way, push these people to the front of the line of writing shit for you. <laughs> Let's get these people, honestly. Yeah. That Taker AJ thing, mm-hmm. whenever. Now, the thought of Taker AJ, by the way, mm-hmm. AJ so talented, mm-hmm. Taker obviously the mystique and everything like that, but we've seen his last couple of matches, right? You have no clue how the hell they're going to be able to make that work, especially with no crowd. Then they're like, it's a boneyard match, and everybody's like, what the hell is a bo-? I couldn't think of anything worse than a boneyard match. <laughs> what I was a boneyard match. And then the American badass shows up on his motorcycle. By the way, AJ- that's a point of contention for me. People are saying that was the American badass, and I go... If Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock is not playing, it's not the American badass. I said it could be. I mean, Undertaker is 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 a character that evolves, and there was a little bit of American badass sprinkled in there. I still think there was some Dead Man sprinkled in there. That's why I was so comfortable in the Boneyard. And he rolled his eyes. He wanted to roll his eyes whenever he was standing behind him. Yes. So that was intriguing to me. Yes. But, but AJ said a couple of times, "Are you a badass? Oh, you think you're a badass?" Right. AJ said, "You know right. so." Right. I, that's why I thought it. But I would have never. In a, I was almost like scared to watch that match. You know, I was like, oh, my God, some cringeworthy shit's about to happen. And I don't want to be a part of it. And then <laughs> I, I, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is genius. This yeah. is gen- this is genius. And then wait. And with the hand, with the hand. Uh, I thought it was genius. And yeah, that's what people, that's going to steal the weekend. Uh, well, what did absolutely gonna steal the weekend? What did you think of Firefly Funhouse? Let's just let's talk about it because that is also that to me. I was looking at my Twitter 
And I literally, I love when this happens. I'm look. First of all, you know me, Pat. I don't travel into my app mentions all that often because it's smart. an it's an ugly place. It's, yeah, smart. it's an ugly place. I have to put my uh, my COVID mask on just to go in my app mentions. Yeah, keep your blinders <laughs> on. Okay, just just keep it to the timeline, not the notifications. Right, Stay right, away right. Away from the notifications. Smart, by the way. We'll get back to Pat McAfee in just a second, but he knows what the deal is. He's got a lady cooped up in that big old house of his with him, and he knows as much as that guy works, if the two of you are going to be stuck in the house together, he's got to be able to physically satisfy this person whenever she needs it. I'm the same way. You're probably under the same obligation to your partner. Look, when we're this obsessed with our hobbies, when we're this obsessed with our work, we've got to be there for the people that we love physically, now more than ever, all right? When we're stuck in our houses, when we're quarantined all the time, hours don't matter anymore. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person. It doesn't matter. You need to be up and ready to go, okay? To physically satisfy your partner. You need the confidence. You need to walk around your house with the confidence of knowing that at any moment, I could rock this person's world. And you can do that and support this podcast thanks to our friends at Blue Chew. Blue Chew is sponsoring this episode of Not Sam Wrestling. Of course, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You take them anytime, you know? Saturday, 4.30 in the morning. You guys don't know what time it is anymore. Quarantine has got you crazy. She goes, look, I need some satisfaction from you big boy that's how she talks and you go especially when you talk like that i don't know if i can do that physically i don't know if i can um you know i don't know if i can achieve what i need to achieve for you to achieve what you need to achieve that's not even a worry anymore because of blue chew and you're probably sitting there going it's a chewable by the way so they work fast twice as fast as a matter of fact as a pill and you're probably thinking well i don't want to go i didn't want to go to a, a drugstore before because it's so embarrassing. I didn't want to go to a doctor before because it's embarrassing to tell the doctor that I need this stuff. But now I really don't want to go to a doctor. I really don't want to go to a pharmacy because I do not want to leave my house. That's fine. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door. It's in a discreet package. And there's no awkwardness, okay? Look, you guys are stuck in the house. Make the most of your time. Use Blue Chew. There's no reason not to. It's free. That's right. It's free just because you listen to Not Sam Wrestling. All you have to do is visit BlueChew.com, and your first shipment of Blue Chew is free when you use our promo code ROBERTS. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, BlueChew.com, promo code ROBERTS. To try it for free, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. But I jumped in just to see, and uh, uh, I saw back-to-back tweets that were going like, are you, because I, I tweeted something nice about the Firefly Funhouse, about how it was amazing, and it was literally one on top of the other. You got to be kidding me. That was the dumbest thing WWE has ever done, and right above it, that was genius, the awesome. most brilliant thing I've ever seen. How did yeah. you feel about the Firefly Funhouse match. You know, and this is going to probably piss off some of the wrestling fans who always found me to be the dumb jock, right? Who is just <laughs> getting a position when it isn't my full-time thing. Right. The reason why I appreciate it was all the shots at the business throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they took shots at every single era of the business yes. right there. Things that I never thought, hey, Vince McMahon would okay. Then there was things that I didn't think Cena would okay. Yeah. I mean, they exposed Cena a couple different times. And Cena is already a movie star. He's already gone. Why, if you're Cena, whenever you're this big superstar, you got uh, Good Morning America or the Today Show, whatever it is you always host, those people are watching for John Cena. He's got all his other celebrity friends watching for him. And he basically exposed all of Cena's like attempts at becoming the John Cena. Then all the shots back in the day at the bad wrestling, good-looking guys. I mean, there is just, 
I mean, it was everything that I never, ever thought Vince McMahon would okay yeah. or John Cena was okay. And ultimately, I think that's why I loved it so much because if you knew what was going on, which I'm assuming I missed a few of the references and things like that. Sure. But a lot of the stuff, you know, I got. I just think the ability to be that aggressive in either pitching the storyline like Bray probably was, right? Bray, mm-hmm. like, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. And for Vince and Cena both to go like, Run it. Good <laughs> shit. The good exact shit. words in there. That's why I liked it so much. Just because it was so gross. But the common fan, right? Right. Who's just watching WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania and they're told to watch WrestleMania. I don't think they had a clue what the hell was going on. My lady had no clue what was going on. Yeah. And I was, and you're I was like, like, oh. She's like, what's oh. going on? And you're like, this is clearly, it's a wrestling match. What do you mean? What's going on? <laughs> no, I was like, uh, hold on. I think I just froze there. I was like, um, I was like, oh, they just took a shot at Hulk Hogan right there. I said, oh, no. And my girl's like, Hulk Hogan? I'm like, yeah. They just, <laughs> it was the whole thing. So I think that's where the separation lies. It could be. And by, and by the way, WWE doesn't normally try to appease to the supermarkets, right? Right. That's not normally their thing. At all. So I think that's why I think it was so interesting to me. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting. There were shots in there. I mean, I don't know if you picked up on it. There was a reference to Nikki Bella, which blew my mind because I was like, I can't imagine John Cena would be a part of that. There was a reference in there. I mean, that I didn't hear the Nikki Bella line. I didn't hear the Nikki Bella line. When 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 Bray starts singing, you can look, but you can't touch. It's Bella's oh, theme music. You can look, but you can't. Oh my. See? Yes. I, I, I so there's so much packed into that thing. My plan is to go through it step by step on YouTube and break down every single reference because i feel like the people who didn't like it don't get it because i mean it was no they didn't see it because every there was not one you know you watch a film right and you know when you're watching a movie and there's not they say there's there's there wasn't one wasted frame of film in this movie and those are the great ones right like there's nothing wasted and i'm sitting there watching this like oh my god this is sheer brilliance especially to come from a place where there were people out there that were saying that they didn't like what was going on because John Cena was burying Bray Wyatt on his way to WrestleMania. Husky oh, yeah. Harris in a mask. He was posting stuff. like he was, he was burying him, and he was going, like, outside of kayfabe, quote-unquote, and bringing up, uh, you know, that, that he didn't bury Bray, that Bray's overrated, that this and that. To, to real, and that's why people need to take a pause. Like, when they think somebody's, quote-unquote, being buried... Like, what if I told you that Cena's going to bury Bray a little bit on SmackDown, but at WrestleMania, we're going to spend 20 minutes in a movie, in a film version of burying everything John Cena has ever done in wrestling and also a little bit in his personal life and also burying Vince McMahon a little bit. And then we're going to make him disappear from the ring as if he doesn't matter at all. What if I told you that's where we were going? Would you be okay with it then? <laughs> I couldn't even fathom the thought of sitting in a room and Bray Wyatt pitching this concept. <laughs> I couldn't even, hey, John, you can bury me like on the internet and on SmackDown. You can start, you know, you can do whatever you want. And Cena's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. I know when we're going into WrestleMania, everything I've ever failed at is just going to be exploited. So, <laughs> or Cena pitched that, right? Could or be. Cena was like, hey, we got no crowd. How do we steal the show? This is the way to do it. Just you know, destroy maybe? me. Just destroy me. Just, just, and you know, I mean, Cena had been more open to it. You know, in the Ruthless Aggression documentary series on the network, which is very good, Cena brought up the fact that the beginning of Ruthless Aggression, which was referenced when Cena came in with those little shorts on, he kept missing the slaps. It Cena looks at that as a failure, and he referenced that in the documentary and broke yeah. down a little bit of that, but didn't really hammer down i mean the nwo thing like people were like that came out of nowhere i'm like no that's a clear reference to john cena never turning heel the way hulk hogan did even though all the fans wanted him to look we can get into it all day okay bro (laughs) because he is he is hulk hogan he is of course he he is hulk hogan recreated i mean that's everything in the wwe is cyclical right right everything they were like everything goes in cycles they were like we need another stone cold we need another rock and cena was like well what if i was the next hogan and that's the way it happened. Okay, we'll go PG and we'll just sell a bunch of neon green stuff to kids. And we did it. And, by the, and like, dude, years. 
Cena changing like the little things like when uh, when they did the scene where Bray was about to get hit by Cena by the chair and Cena changed the T-shirt to match the T-shirt that was of the era of WrestleMania 30. Instead of wearing the green, he was wearing the black with the pink letters on it. Look, I can't waste it all now, Pat, because I'm going to do a separate show. Hey, don't let me be a part of this because you're going to get a lot of views on this. I don't want to be a part of this. This is your brain breaking it down. I appreciate but I can't that. Wait, I can't wait to watch this. I appreciate I that. Because I got, I mean, I got the feels all over. I got, I got goosebumps hey. watching this thing because everything, everything. And then Bray goes back into his old character. I mean, it's just, it's brilliance and it's genius. Bro, it's just like. I feel like everything Braid does mm -hmm. is just so deep. I, yeah. always, I feel like everything is so deep. The fact that they tied this into, obviously, the original tie-in is they lost the scene at the rest of a long time ago. That's why he just got buried by Goldberg and Saudi. It didn't even matter. They were like, that match doesn't even matter. He'll give up the title because ultimately what he wants is revenge on I mean, just everything seems so deep. And by the way, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Yes. That's how it's supposed to be. Like, yes. That's how it is supposed to be. And I think that's why everybody's so invested. And over the next couple of days, just like the debut of The Fiend, by the way, mm -hmm. or the Firefly Funhouse, just mm -hmm. like the debut of these things, it'll take a couple of days for people to actually appreciate and respect it. Yeah. But boy, at Firefly Funhouse, it was a pre-produced thing. Yeah. Obviously, everything was. But a production yeah. that was not too similar to the Taker, uh, AJ Styles, where everybody would be like, Oh, they got lazy and did the same thing. It was two of the same genre, two very different things. Crushed it. Yeah. Absolutely crushed it. And I was sitting there after as good as that AJ Undertaker match was. And I think that AJ Undertaker match, I mean, it took the entire night one of WrestleMania. That one match took it to a different level where people were like, even if they were feeling like, oh, okay, this was actually better than I thought. After the Undertaker AJ match, it was, oh, this was actually a good show, right? Yep. It took the whole thing to another level. And I was thinking, poor John, poor Bray, because they're not beating that. And when I watched him and like the fact that it wasn't even filmed in the same way, they didn't use the same yep. frame rate. They didn't use the same cameras. It was completely, it, I mean, it wasn't even a match. It was all metaphor and, and, Ever. and, and it, was it was like, a, like, like it was a rap battle. Yeah. Was, There's was a rap battle in there. This was, <laughs> it was like, it was like Vince McMahon brought in David Lynch and he was like, Hey, instead of me running the show, David Lynch, you're going to run the show. And then we'll just see what comes up. And that's what we got. And it was just, I loved it. But I, love I have both no idea who David Lynch is. He did Twin Peaks. Very bizarre, yeah. very bizarre filmmaker. Very experimental in his approach. I have no idea. I, I wish I knew. It's okay. I wish I would have known it. It's okay. I know very little about football. No. Very little. <laughs> you know that I went to the Super Bowl, but... Didn't win. And can I tell you something? I didn't know that before I met you. See, you learned that quickly from Didn't Cole, even know. I think. I think, it was, I think it was probably Cole. Probably Cole took a nice shot at you backstage. And when I can see when, people, when Cole takes a shot at you, I think to myself, oh, if I did that on camera, Cole it would pop Cole because he did it to you too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on camera and pop Cole. That would be good. And you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do I'm frustrated uh -huh. at what you say to me. Uh -huh. And then in my ear, I got this hyena Cole <laughs> cackling. <laughs> So, How would you rate this? How would you rate it? How do you do you score things? WrestleMania as a whole? Yeah. Um look, I, I don't mean, think you can compare it to other WrestleMania. This is its own thing. I think this the, is its it's its own thing that has to be judged against itself. And if you're gonna judge it against anything, I think you have to judge it against other shows that are currently trying to act right now. If you see how anything on ESPN or anything anywhere right. else, everybody is doing this, everybody's FaceTiming, Skyping, it looks like an internet. Everything looks like an internet show now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that they're, I mean, they've completely lost any semblance of production. Like, there is no, everybody's Every just like, hey, you got a webcam on your MacBook? Okay, no, that'll work just as good as, as our TV cameras that we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for. Just use your MacBook. What's your internet like? 20 megs up, 20 down? Oh, yeah, that should be good enough. Just <laughs> yeah. it. That'd be blurry the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm watching the FS1, and uh, poor Booker T is wearing a tuxedo, but his camera's all blurry. I'm like, Book, you spent more on your camera than you did on the. I mean, I mean, you spent more on the tux than you did on the on the computer. Did you see Christian had that nice tux just in his bedroom, classic <laughs> bedroom in the back. Yeah, I everybody got all dressed up. I liked court. You know what? So I think you can't rate it against WrestleManias. I think you right. have to rate it against the things that are currently happening right now. And to be honest, I think they got an A. 
for the both. I think it's an A plus. I don't know how you could have wanted it to go better. There's a couple matches I don't think were WrestleMania worthy. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the Bobby Lashley match was had a purpose. I don't think there. I don't think it was. Yeah, I, that's I fair. I, I don't. I don't think you know what I mean. I don't yeah. think it was there. But I think all together as a distraction and escape with some good storylines and some creativity, I think they hit it out of the park. To be honest with you, and I, I don't think that is something I've said about a WWE product in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it an eight out of ten, probably. Yeah, there it is. Based on how bad it could have been, honestly. Exactly. I mean, that could have been so Ooh. bad. I was going in, watching, waiting for the train to wreck. That, that, that is yes. the reason why I was tuning in. And that did not happen somehow. <laughs> no. Now, will that over the next coming weeks? Maybe. Maybe. But it did not at WrestleMania, and that's incredible to me. What did you think of the, first of all, I'll say the Kevin Owens spot was incredible, jumping off the sign. I mean, talk about a highlight about, reel moment. How about Seth Sell, by the way? Oh. Uh. Seth was you know so how, good. Like, you know how you get that, like, you can't breathe, and it's, eh, Yeah. Eh. Yeah, that the wheeze. Smart sell. Yeah. Because you can hear it. I, I I was very, I was impressed by that match a lot. I thought, yeah, once that match became a no DQ match, that's when it was like, okay, this is on the list of the best matches of the night. Before I was literally watching that match going, oof, this should have been a no DQ match. That would have made this a lot better. And then they make it a no DQ match, and I'm like, they must have something implanted in my brain that they have a pre-taped show that they just took my suggestion. They probably do. <laughs> um, There's a chance. What did you think? Two, ironically enough, I think probably the two most controversial results were the two singles women's title matches. People upset. I mean, people just love the women of NXT, I think, because I, I don't disagree with either match, actually. But people were upset that Shayna Baszler lost to Becky Lynch, and people were upset that Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley. So I like that Charlotte's going to Wednesdays. Yeah, it's kind of amazing for NXT, right? right? Amazing for NXT. It's amazing for Wednesday night. Charlotte is a bona fide superstar, right? I mean, she's athletic. She can, She's everything that you could potentially want. In a superstar. So now that that's going to Wednesday nights, awesome. Yeah. Awesome for NXT. And the matches that she's going to have with some of the ladies in NXT, I think, are going to be... Like, I thought about Bianca Belair. And Char like, I don't know what all they're going to do. But I, I'm, I'm happy that Charlotte's on Wednesday nights. And when it came to Shayna, what do they do with her now? So you know? here was my thinking behind it, because I get that. And I'm not saying if Shayna had won, it wouldn't have been a disaster, because then you're building this almost like this female Brock Lesnar. But... I think because I think because of the uh, of the way this match was led to, we had no time to see Shayna have any matches except for Elimination Chamber. So the fans that hadn't watched NXT, which it is a lot of fans that haven't watched NXT, they did not like her, Sam. Yeah, people that did not watch NXT did not like Shayna. Because I was bummed. I was bummed about it. Right. Like, hey, this girl is the. A bad, this girl is the truth. I get scared around her. Like, right. I just, this girl is the truth. And the people that had no idea of her, whenever she showed up, they were like, this is boring. This is this. And then I was like, all right, what are they going to do with her? Then obviously you get no crowd. And then you get a WrestleMania against the man. And then she loses. It's like, what the hell are you going to do with her now? I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens then. Here's what I think Shayna Baszler could benefit from. It's spending some time introducing herself to the raw audience. And the way you do that is, it's one thing to eliminate everybody in an elimination chamber match, but I don't think that people look at that match and go, okay, well, she's beaten all five of those women. People go, okay, in the context of the elimination chamber, she won that match. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you beat all those people. So I think that I think that Shayna Baszler has to go through and start beating everybody one-on-one. -on -one. There needs to be a one-on-one -on -one match with Kari Sane. There needs to be a one-on-one -on -one match with Asuka. There needs to be a one-on-one -on -one match. Now that Liv Morgan's beaten Natalya... Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. And let's 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 let the raw audience see how dominant she can be and then come back and now she's really a threat to Becky Lynch. It's interesting to me watching the NXT superstars whenever they get called the Raw or SmackDown and they the the debut kind of stumbles a little like after after the Super Bowl, that halftime heat show happened mm -hmm. uh, when they tore the house down for whatever, 15 minutes or whatever, the performance center down. And then Gargana got lifted. Ciampa got lifted. Alistair got, like, everybody that was in there basically got lifted. And then they kind of stumbled out the gates, right? Like, Alistair Black was this, had the longest intro of all time that was very cool. 
in NXT and up in Raw, I think it was Raw. Yeah, up on Raw, everybody was like, this guy is a longer intro than Undertaker. Uh, what the hell's going on? <laughs> then he gets hurt and kind of like stumbles out, right? Yeah. Same thing with Shayna, how it like stumbles out the blocks. Watching them, like Alistair just got a big win, obviously, but watching that build back up is kind of fun to see, especially whenever you've seen somebody at the top of their game and the top of the world. Right. And then all of a sudden they have to reprove themselves. It almost can add to the storyline in the end, which obviously that's what we're looking to do. Happened with Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Happened with a bunch of it has happened with Kevin Owens and Seth and everybody. I mean, it's just I'm intrigued to see what kind of I don't know what they're going to do with Shayna, man. I'm pumped to see it, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. Yeah, I mean, for guys like us, I mean, you and I, Pat, we know that NXT is the number one sports entertainment brand in the world. NXT is the best wrestling on the planet. On the planet. Yeah. And if you go into a universe, I'm sure you can dive to another planet. Maybe it's a little bit dumber planet or whatever. They have wrestling there, sports entertainment, just like our planet. NXT would be the best on their planet as well. I agree. It's the hottest brand of sports entertainment. Their shows are absolute chaos and insanity. Yes. So whenever you see these people get to the top and then bang, they kind of stumble up the gates of Ross Beckton. It's like, all right, what are we going to do with them next? Because Keith Lee, I thought it was going to happen with Keith Lee. Yeah. We forget, though. We forget, Pat, that... There's a whole bunch of people that aren't like us that aren't even watching NXT. So they Why? show up and like and 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 there isn't this people there are some people who think that there should be this seamless transition where everything that you've done in NXT goes right up and you're on the main roster now and you get to just continue riding that wave. But hey, Pat, you're a football man. There's a lot of football men that are very good at football in university and then they get to the NFL and they stumble it because it doesn't matter what they did in college ball, does true. it? Does it? Very, very true. Very, very true. But you know what? What? If you're good, you're good, dude. You would if know. You're good. If you're <laughs> you good, know. you're good. Yeah. If you're average, you can trick some people for a long time too. <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs> and then get a nice early retirement before they catch up to you. <laughs> it is. I thought it was a great weekend, though, man. Yeah, me too. I was pumped. Obviously, I was bummed that you weren't a part of the pre-show with old Pete and Corey, but mm -hmm. I think it was a great showing by them, man. I honestly think they did well. I'm pretty proud of them. Yeah. I, I bet you, Hey, I bet you it was a nightmare putting this all together. I can't. Yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine just knowing what I know based on, you know, doing Wednesday night on NXT and like how much has been thrown oh. around and up in the air and everything like this is, you can not. And I've been talking to some of the, uh, behind the scenes folks too. And I, oh, really? yes. And you are a hundred percent right, Pat. Like you cannot take for granted. You cannot downplay how much work oh. these people are doing to get this show off the ground. And the fact that we just take it for granted because we get WrestleMania every year. Like, yeah, good. <laughs> WrestleMania is on. It's something, you know, I'll get some Domino's contactless delivery because I'm not touching anybody. And I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch my WrestleMania, and then I'll go on the internet and complain about it. Why not? And it's like these. What are you gonna do, Vince? You gonna sterilize some ladders? Put on the show, pal. All right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. The amount of work behind the scenes had to be terrible. I couldn't oh. even. Oh. oh, oh, just just thinking about the amount of people it takes to put on a show like that. Just taking all their temperatures must have been a nightmare. <laughs> Like, uh, you all have to be below 99 degrees. So you can't be part of the show. <laughs> Even you, guy, that we absolutely need to not have a temperature above 99 degrees. Yeah. We can't let you in here, though, because you could potentially kill everybody's grandpa. Right. I mean, it is. <laughs> they, it, I don't know how they pulled it off. Sam, I have no idea how they pulled it off. Yeah. But they did it, man. They did it. And I, I, I think that you're right. And I wanted to talk to you about this because we didn't talk about the show much. We texted a little bit last night, not at all tonight, because we knew we were going to do this. And I figured, though, you're a guy with a brain in your head. You would be enthusiastic about what you just saw. And honestly, inspiring. It's nice to see that when WWE's back is against the wall, they deliver a product. Hasn't always been the case. I, I think everybody on earth can agree that there has been some moments here with WWE where we're like, there has to be something better than there has to with the amount of talent and the amount of brains you have, there has to be something better than this. This particular moment, was a moment where literally the entire world was watching yep. to see what they would be able to pull off. And I think they did it. Man. Look, I honestly think they did it. WWE is at their best for just how the organization works when there is no net. When you've got a little cushion or you've got a little comfortability in your position, 
you know, that's when stuff starts to fall out of the grips. But when it's like, this has to work, everything is against us. We have to fight through this. When, when, when that's what's happening historically and what we saw this weekend, WWE comes through. Well, sometimes you have to burn the bridge behind you so you have nowhere to retreat. You know what I mean, Sam? I do know what you mean, Pat. I no, do. That is, uh, but you're, what you just said about WWE with their back against the wall, with their, when you're not comfortable and you have to put on a performance, they do it. That's what all the greats do, right? Yep. That's why WWE is WWE for a reason. But yep. I hope the creativity remains the same. You know, I hope that escape that everybody needs can remain the same for the next couple of weeks or however long this is. And uh, I'm thankful for the folks that pulled that show, those shows off. Well, I know, Pat, that you have a similar philosophy to WWE and for me. We all agree that right now the best thing you can do is get as much content out there as possible, create those uh, distractions from the chaos that's going around in the world, and you are creating a mountain of content on a daily basis over at the uh, Pat McAfee offices. So I would suggest that everybody just search you out on YouTube. You make it real easy to find that content. Nah, <laughs> content's bad, but we are trying to listen. I think we all have roles in this, right? Yeah, we all have roles. I can't sure COVID-19. No, can't do it. I can't even come up with another concept that could potentially slow the curve down. But what I can do is dance monkey dance for all the humans <laughs> that are stuck in the house. And uh, I think that's what I'll do. I'll continue to do. I'm thankful you're doing that. Yes. I watch your show too on the YouTube. Ah. I love what you and Norton are doing. Thank I you. I appreciate it. Thank and you. I think on the other side of this, we're all going to be a better people. And Drew McIntyre is going to be our champion going into the era post COVID-19. I'm pretty pumped up about that. I am too. Pat McAfee. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, man. Also, obviously Charlotte, Becky. Sure. You get, I mean, yeah, champs. there'll be other champions for sure. Braun sure. Strowman, too, by the way. Hey, what hey. are we going to do with Braun? He had that massive, and then it kind of plateaued. They put him up against the Saturday Night Live guys last year. Kind of <laughs> now he's champ again. I'm happy for Braun. Can I tell you what I think they're going to do? Who has the last pinfall victory over uh, Braun Strowman? Sami Zayn. I think that the artist collective is going to start coming after Braun Strowman. That's what I think. Hey, I like them a lot. I like Sammy Zam. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's... You love Sammy, I bet. Huh? You two are pretty similar. I think so. I mean, that's a that's a compliment, right? Yeah, insufferable. Just I think you two <laughs> okay. absolutely <laughs> okay. great at speaking and uh -huh. insufferable. I don't know what else you could possibly want from somebody. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, and we both have great beards, by the way. Great. We're good at growing. <laughs> you see my hair. little crappy beard coming in? I do. I see it. I see it. It's good. It it collects well under the chin, which is the important part. Well, I got a couple of those right now, dude. Quarantine is been, I've been eating everything in sight. But. I see. I see. Yeah, for me, quarantine, the one thing that's really sucked about not being at WrestleMania this year is I can, I'm sure you can see, I really could use a nice maestro salute. Electric, <laughs> electric maestro salute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Pat McAfee. I'll see you, Sam. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.